everyone and welcome to the weekly freestyle season three episode six with myself tom dean and my co-host alex sutton um and we've got a bit of a different episode for you today uh we're going to touch on a few different things gonna have a bit of a catch-up um see what we've both been up to recently but we're really gonna delve into the the finances essentially uh and the the stats and the the figures on um an olympic athlete and and the world of sport because it's something that i get asked about loads um so i'm happy to give you guys an insight into uh how it all breaks down but um alex mate have you been happy sunday yeah happy sunday to you as well mate um yeah i've been i've been good thank you do you know what the worst thing about recording a podcast is Go on. I'd say it's the fact that you can't wash your dishes or do or put your clothes in the washing machine yes. for sort of that that hour window. Very true. So I've currently got both things sort of locked and loaded, ready to go. But as soon mm. as that episode's done, I mean, all the utilities in this household are going to be going for it. Um, so, so yeah, I can't wait for that. But yeah, I've had <laughs> had a good day. Thank you, mate. Um, cheeky cross country this morning. Very wet. Very muddy. Quite tactical. Uh, my shoes fell apart but oh, yeah. got got the dub in the local league so can't complain um so yeah just spent the rest of the day recovering really what about you how was your week yeah good mate um tough week of training first full proper you know week <clears throat> we had in the bank aerobic block bloody hell is real real shots to the system so 10 swims four gyms yeah three pre-pool sessions four um shoulder and core capacity sets capacity testing in the gym going to failure uh, on a lot of our exercise in the gym and uh thursday night was a real killer session like pushing ourselves to the absolute limit i was spent for the rest of the week after that so great but mate a great week you know i think i'm as fit as i've ever been that's what Love dave that. said um that's what dave said at the start we- of the week he said look you just need to put together a really really great one here and um got to the end and wrapped up saturday morning he said mate you know you're as fit as you've ever been in january or pretty much anywhere in, in the season i was going 50 points on the short course hundreds at vo2 um popping 52s long um for you know so i know i'm in good nick when i'm doing times like that so yeah my real confidence booster actually that's that's really good to hear because we had a quick chat on thursday evening didn't we and mm. um just mentioned how how's your how's your week been and i think you're in uh quite a <laughs> you're pretty tired at that point so mm. obviously working hard but it's i love the fact that you when athletes at your level you know those splits it's like so concisely and you know mm. what you'd be going in january and mm-hmm. you know like if you're 0.5 either side then actually you're in you're in really good nick but that that must be such a confidence boost for you oh mate massively you know and i had the best aerobic test that i've ever done last monday and on top of that uh, it's the first time ever since I've been on world-class program. So since I was 16, that I've not been ill between September and Christmas. Those stats that's came big. up as well. So I think that's one of the biggest contributors to having a decent level of fitness heading into January. So mate, long may that continue, touch wood. Um, yeah, pretty happy with it. No, good stuff. And you were, were you in London as well? Were you doing something? Yeah, so week? I went into London Tuesday uh, afternoon, Tuesday evening, and I gave a talk for a charity actually. So charity is called If I Can, You Can Too. Um, started by Nilesh, who was a consultant at EY, um, worked at EY for a number of years, came from, you know, kind of first generation, um, you know, uh, his parents came to the country and, and worked his way up. And when he worked, started working in big companies, didn't see anyone, you know, from his background um, in these, you know, um, financial institutions. He realized, you know, coming from the East End of London, he really wanted to help like local kids, give them the skills to, 
set themselves up for life, really, you know, writing CV, standing up and presenting, uh, conducting themselves in interviews. Um, and they asked me to basically come in and just talk about um, hard work and dedication and just to stand up and talk in front of these kids. You know, um, a lot of these kids come from, you know, poor working class backgrounds and and don't get opportunities to, you know, learn these extra, you know, skills that are really going to help them when they come to doing these job applications. So it was a great charity. I did something last year for them. I said I'd do something every year for them. Uh, and I went and spoke and my mum came along as well. And you spoke about my journey uh, and I had some really, really great questions. Like, uh, like I always do whenever I do talks for school kids, I always get the best questions. Of that, I was I was gonna say just before you said that, were there any funny questions or anything that really made you think, oh gosh, I don't actually know how to navigate that one? Because I guess you get um, pretty similar stuff at the end of races, so these must be a few curveballs. Yeah, it was it was more like um, I had some really great questions about like the athlete coach relationship and finding a mentor and how you build that relationship and what that looks like, and I always get some tricky questions about people who are really struggling with A levels, really struggling trying to maintain their sport or their work and you know, you've got to tell kids that you need to prioritize their education as, as number one, you know, that's what I did when I was in doing my A-levels. That's what I try and pass on to them. So yeah, some really, really interesting, challenging questions. Like these kids are like at the forefront, you know, they're choosing the path of their lives, you know, the decisions they make in the next six, 12 months, that's going to dictate everything. You know, when I do chats to companies, it's like these people are settled in their roles, but these kids mm. are at a really interesting crossroads. Um, so mate, it was great. Yeah. I think that, must be where you can have have the biggest impact talking of um sort of like live speaking and standing up in front of people one day i'd love to do a, like a live show for the pod oh man how, so how good would that be it's like crouch fest oh it's yeah crouch fest but cwf fest just me just me and you and um that's that's just it literally on <laughs> maybe a float well, i listen <laughs> i listen to um the rest is politics podcast shout out the rest is politics and they filled out the albert hall recently <laughs> so make- how how many are getting the albert hall a lot that's how many <laughs> and it's such a prestigious venue as well oh, that know? is that is a big venue. Uh, you wouldn't have thought sort of like a few decades ago that the albert hall would be filled out with like a podcast oh, God, just two blokes chatting on stage how mad oh, is that just, i'm just looking at the capacity because speaking of capacity oh the albert hall this is this is actually quite quite ideal because that, that it says that it has a total capacity of just over five thousand. That's good. Do stuff. you know how many views we're coming up to? Total views on the podcast. Well, word on the street is we're about to hit the big five k. So big, shout out the all big five k our listeners. Yeah, thank you very I, much, guys. I think I think there could be cause for maybe a celebration or um, sounds like a giveaway, mate. Maybe <laughs> sounds like another trick shot. Guys, <laughs> another giveaway. Just know that get William on camera again <laughs> that sounds like three hours of trying to complete a trick shot yeah maybe um, we'll have to try and book out a whole day in our diary to do something like I that so. I've, seen, I've seen a few of the trick shots on that people do and some of them are mad do you know the one where they'll like fire an, iPad, uh, an iPhone and mm. then it like slots into the charger oh so, yeah always mad can you imagine or maybe, like you know, when they flick a card that. and it lands like slots it or they like flick a DVD and it lands into a DVD player yeah and just slides itself in yeah how long do you think like that would take us a lot of time mate probably if you're if you're time. ill and you've got a couple of days of training give me a bell and we'll just oh, try mate. and smash just up, link up just literally yeah get a year's worth of trick shots in 
perfectly good. Um, and another highlight for me this week, and I think you had the same thing, is um, we quite often give uh, our pal Luke Withers a shout out on here. And <laughs> the, we both know when he exactly when he's listened to the pod, because as soon as he hears a shout out, he, it sounds like he sends us both a message. Um, so he actually said to me, you might have got exactly the same, enjoying this ep so far, middle finger emoji and two laughing faces. So Withers, I hope you're enjoying uh, this episode and um, keep the training up, mate. I think the middle finger emoji was due to our reference to him not needing a wetsuit uh, when swimming in cold seas. I don't um, know why, because it's just an, just an adaptation. He's just, he's just, you know, he's made for those environments. He you know, he's a true athlete, so um, he lives big up with us. Thank he you very much for, for, the, uh, for the listen. Yeah, we we are also finally in discussions with another potential guest. The only thing we're going to have to fiddle around with is time zones. Correct. We could have two. We could have three time zones to play with. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, keep keep an eye on that because um, looking forward to that too. No, it's going to be an interesting one because obviously I fly to Australia this coming Saturday, and this guest is over in America right now. Yeah, and obviously you're in the UK, so we're basically splitting ourselves quite nice, even thirds around the globe. Yeah, I couldn't so have, making it. I wouldn't want it any other way. No, me neither, mate. One so, of us is getting up at two a.m. <laughs> so yeah, someone. Shotgun someone not. is getting up. The, well, I shotgun as well. So this guy's gonna have to. I like it. I like you. I have a sneaky feeling that um, I might be getting up quite quite early mm. or, or staying mm. up late, but I'll do trick shots in that time, so it'll be fine. Yeah, fair enough, mate. So then let's let's move to. I don't know what we're going to call it, but the finances of an Olympic athlete slash a swimmer slash an Olympic mm. gold medalist. Um, let's let's start with swimming as a whole. Um, I guess the first question would be: How many people um, are actually sort of in the sport? You know, making making a living from it because at a professional level, it seems to me in a sport like that, um, and this does happen in, in a few other sports where it's only sort of like the real top end where you're either a making a good living or mm. b making a living at all. Mm. Yeah, no, you're, you're absolutely right. mate. it is one of those sports, you know, I always joke with Jimmy, we're not footballers. You know, you really have to be at that top level to be earning. Oh, you're not a footballer, mate. Oh mate, don't you worry. I know we've done some trick shots already. I know I'm not a footballer. Um, you really have to be earning to be earning to be making a living. You have to be kind of in that top small percentile. So Essentially, the way it works, we're fortunate in British swimming that we have, sorry, in the United Kingdom, we have lottery funding and all Olympic sports get lottery funding and a certain amount of funding based on how successful the sport is. Now, swimming being one of the more successful ones gets one of the higher amounts of funding from UK sport, you know, up there with athletics and cycling. Um, So that's always a great thing that we've got that backing and from that you get different levels of funding. I think there's five levels of funding. So this is all public information because obviously mm-hmm. it's the taxpayer's money. So I could search this up right now. You could make it. So they go A, B, C, D, and E, I believe. And last time I checked, I think the amounts that athletes get, Olympic athletes, depending on their ranking, goes 6K, 12K, 15K, 21K, 28K per year from the government. So they're the rankings. So if you're Olympic champion, top swimmer in the world, you'll be on 28K a year, which doesn't seem like loads, you know, considering you're the best in the world, but it's the top level of funding from um, the UK sport on top of that. Um, but, but that's the thing, you know, I know swimmers who have been to the Olympic Games on 12K a year, you know, on that middle yeah. band of funding. Uh, and when you live in a place like Bath, which isn't the cheapest place to live um, with the cost of living crisis and energy bills and everything going up, you know, 12K a year is not 
not that much to live on. It's it's really, really tough. You know, most people in Bath are paying six, seven hundred pounds a month in rent, you know. Yeah. And then on top of that, obviously you've got all your food bills, which are quite high because of what you're doing. And it's it's not an easy living. So a lot of people um have to look to their parents for help. And you know, um results are so important. Mm-hmm. Results make and break livelihoods essentially in this sport. So that's essentially the base that all swimmers get, all athletes get on the on Olympic program. I think I joined World Class Program when I was sixteen or seventeen. Yeah, six k a year. And when you're seventeen, you're six k a year. You're what what are you dropping out on? Oh goodness me, mate! Meal deals left, right, and center. I don't, <laughs> straight to the innocent smoothie every Probably time. Probably get you two coffees a baked. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> just just about. <laughs> yeah, it was. Um, yeah, it was nice to have a little bit of pocket money when you're like 17 years old. So that was good. But I knew I had university coming up and I had to pay for mm. university. So um, I was quite frugal with my money. But um, so that's the base funding. One Question. one thing just to come in there is um, in terms of how that those bands are decided, it almost seems like a bit of a chicken and the egg thing because as you say, you could have someone who goes to the Olympic on like a lower band. Mm. Surely if they go to the Olympics and say perform to like a higher standard, then suddenly they're they're jumped up and they're they're now mm. worth more. So mm. how what kind of results is it is it based on and, and how long <coughs> could you sort of rely on a result from the past and how fresh is the turnover and stuff yeah, like that? Yeah, it's interesting. So turnovers every year and the argument is if someone is on lower band of funding and let's say they have to do a part-time job to make up the rest of it, then the training will be compromised. Mm. So they wouldn't get as high results so they can't go on higher funding. You know, it's similar to the how the whole UK sports system works. If a sport does worse, it gets less funding. Okay. Yeah. Which is almost slightly counterintuitive because a sport that's underperforming should get more resources to improve mm. and try and do better. But you know, the way they do it at the moment is um, I mean, I'm not complaining because swimming did brilliantly at Tokyo. So yeah. it means we get more money from pardon me, from the government. Um, but no, it is a tough one. I think it's every year. But what they do is they look at athletes and it's all about who's going to win medals at the next Olympics. So age comes into it a lot, yeah. you know, and ultimately it is at the discretion of the heads of British swimming. Okay. That ultimately everything comes down to the discretion of the heads of British swimming. So age really plays a, plays a role in it, whereby you can have someone who may be doing well uh, in, in, in the world rankings, but they're coming to the end of their career, at which point they'll be lower on the priority list had someone up and coming which can cause some problems you know because on the face of it someone doing really well is getting less funding than someone who's got no results behind them but they're just young yeah. and up and coming so it can be a bit touchy sometimes whenever funding lists get released and sometimes yeah. there's people on funding that aren't performing as well as certain people off funding and you know there are always some questions that get raised um so it's an interesting one mate um but yeah that's essentially how uk sport funding works and as you say, it is particularly interesting because I, I don't know when the funding lists come out, but I, I see when they come out, whether it be in athletics or swimming. Um, and it is so public, isn't it? Because they literally have mm. the bands and the lists. Mm. Is there ever any sort of discussion behind the scenes when those lists come out and people are going, you've seen what they're on? And they've been they've been sort of pretty hard done by considering they swam that time last week. It, it is, mate. It is, you know, and, and it came out and normally comes out September, October time. And there's always, you know, you get a few conversations like, yeah, it's surprising to see this person's on the list. Or it's surprising to see this person being left off the list, you know, um, depending on results. And obviously we live and breathe this. So we know better than anyone else what state someone's in, how fit they are, where they're headed, all this kind of stuff. So, yeah, there are, there are always a few conversations behind the scenes. It's like, oh, God, I thought this person would be on the list. Or, you yeah. know, I'm, I'm surprised this person's as high up on the, on the list as they are. So, um, 
yeah, I feel like it's never quite perfect. Yeah, and I guess as you made a, the point you made earlier, it's so important though that collectively you swimmers come together as a group and perform well at these games because mm-hmm. ultimately you're competing against other big sports um, that I guess Great Britons have teams in. But as you said, it was mm-hmm. so great that last Olympics you guys did so well to hopefully, mm-hmm. I guess, benefit from that, that extra injection of cash uh, if there was yeah. any. Um, so how else can you make a living from the sport? So you mentioned your funding. What yep. other categories other than having a global podcast of course um, that you know can can help you i guess tick tick ticking over apart from having a podcast that's almost hit five thousand views um so big up twf um the main way that people make money um is from prize money so yep. certain competitions come with prize money so smaller competitions such as the mayor nostrums um men swim series around Europe in May, June time. They I've actually been money. researching that just FYI. Yeah, 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 yeah. So we normally do those every year. I don't think we're doing them this year because we're in, we're in Arizona on training camp. Oh, you're not doing the Monte Carlo one? No, unfortunately not. Mate, I, I put my lights. Oh, gutting, mate. Well, you're just going to have to go to the casino. Um, okay. <laughs> um, no, they're brilliant. So it's Monaco, Cana, and Barcelona. And they're always a lot of fun. You always try and bounce on and win, you know. Like I, I did Barcelona and Cannes last year and I won the 100 free, 200 free in both of them, um, which I was quite chuffed with. You get 300 euros for a win at the Mayor Nostrums. Um, 300 euros? 300 euros, yeah. Um, and then I you guess get... That, I guess that's, that's not bad yeah. for a couple of minutes work, is it? Yeah, it's like 300 euros, 200 euros, 100 euros. Uh, and that's how it works at the Mayor Nostrums. Some other competitions, I think it's a competition in Lausanne where you get 1,500 euros for a win, I think, um, something like that. And then the big ones are the World Championships uh, and the European Championships. The European Championships off the top of my head, 3,000 euros for a win, 3-2-1, I think. Uh, World Short Course. This is all public knowledge, by the way. This is all. Oh, I've, I've got the list here, don't you worry. Oh. No, is, it, is, is it not exclusive? You're not providing <laughs> exclusives to the listeners. Breaking news, you get 3,000 euros. <laughs> um, and then World Short Course Championships which I went to a few weeks ago in Melbourne, you get $10,000 for a win. Uh, 10, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, I think for top eight. I think so. Solid. And then world long course, 20, 15, 10, and then so on and so forth. Yes. So, so could I just say that, so from that bronze at world short course, you've earned more from that one swim than you mm. did in your first like time being on British funding? Yes. Matt. Yeah. Yeah, 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 right. Well, yeah, pretty much. Pretty, yeah, so I got a bronze, um, which was, yeah, $7,000, which I was really, really happy with. Um, absolutely chuffed. But yeah, no, took first band funding, 6K a year. So there we go. You know, it's 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 in that ballpark. So um, yeah, no, that, that's an interesting one. So they're, they're the main ways, prize money that you, um, you know, this, these aren't huge figures, you know. Um, we look at um, tennis, for example. I remember when Emma Raducanu won the US Open, I watched this video of her getting handed a check for $2.5 million, you know, and it's an incredible feat. Um, so well done, Emma. But, um, you know, it's just slightly different, slightly different levels. 300 euros for men, Austrians, $2.5 million for the US Open. UK government funding, prize money. They're the two first ones that most people access. Yeah. Uh, um, and then the third and final source of income for a lot of swimmers is sponsorships. Yeah. The main one being kit sponsors, you know, mm-hmm. so they're your Speedos, Arena, TYR, uh, Finis, uh, Mizuno, you know, the, the kit sponsors, the, the um, Aquasphere, 
funky trunks. You know, these provide swimwear kit. Uh, I'm fortunate enough to be sponsored by Speedo. They've sponsored me since March 2019. I absolutely love them. Wear their kit all the time. They look after me really, really well. And it's such a great, you know, we've got, it's like me, Duncan, PT, um, Dressel, you know, a lot of the Aussie swimmers, you know, it's a real, real um, great team to be part of. So Speedo yeah. have looked after me really, really well. And from that, you get um, you, you get like a salary, you know, you get a yearly salary and you have to do a certain number of photo shoots. You have to go and do some social media posts, um, you know, whatever it might be. And then oftentimes you get um, bonuses as well. So if yeah. you win a medal at World Championships or a Commonwealth Games or Olympic Championships, then you get a bonus on top of that. Uh, and that's um, kind of the main sponsorship source of income that um the the other people get so uh yeah, that's kit sponsors i think that must be nice when you manage to get yourself sponsorship because although we've mentioned this this prize money and obviously there is some good prize money to be won relative but you've got to think about those if you even if you have like a bad summer for example you're often mm. you're missing out on that prize money so to then have a sponsor that mm. must be able you must be a little bit of weight off your shoulders from that regard mm -hmm. which could then allow you to go right and less stress here so yeah. properly go for these competitions because it's not yeah. life or death anymore yeah yeah no you're absolutely right mate and i remember you know when you find you sign your first contract you're like okay i'm on speed of contract for three years whatever it might be you know that must be a know. great feeling by the way oh pal it's brilliant you know do you have to sign on the dotted line oh pal the dotted line was signed on i didn't and... i didn't see any um like press photos of you at the back with like the senior, uh, shaking, senior. shaking his hand yeah no um yeah, and you just know you're going to be getting a steady, you know, a few K a year, you know, um, coming in, which is just brilliant. And it's like a way off your shoulders. And like you said, it's a steady sort of thing. Because we're in a we're in a career where, you know, you're not getting a monthly salary. Every, you know, if you do brilliantly, your earnings are going to go up massively. If you have a shock, if I broke my leg, you know, I'm not getting any prize money from Worlds this summer. I'm not getting any sponsorship bonuses from Worlds this summer. I don't know, you know, funding will hopefully they keep me going up till olympics i'm sure they would because um i think there's a clause in there where they have to give you a year's you know leeway or whatever but yeah you know mate, it's 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 a really tough it's a tough tough career um but yeah sponsorships um and then obviously like appearances talks and things like that uh if if you're lucky enough to get a few of them yeah and i think one thing people might be interested to hear as well is that you have got an agent haven't you yes which i do is, so which i think probably a lot of people might might not know that and, it, mm. and maybe people be interested to know what the agent's role is mm -hmm. and what kind of work your agent might be getting you on the side as well yeah so i signed with an agent after um the tokyo olympic games so, so that's also mad that the first time that you're dealing with an agent is when you've when you've achieved that goal so uh -huh. it kind of you kind of think you, you'd want someone to help you on the way up but it, it's interesting to think that it's, it's almost only until that happens mm. then that that door opens yeah no there's very little media coverage um prior to winning this the podcast. olympics yeah sorry but this podcast man say um so yeah I, I signed with an agent uh after tokyo olympic games and i signed with ignite sport management uh i'm represented by hugo jafari local lad actually made a boy um grammar school boy as well yeah yeah rgs isn't he and played rugby for marlo so uh knows a lot of the lads i went to school with we've worked together since tokyo and it's been absolutely brilliant and essentially mate he'll just find deals for me sponsorship deals he will discuss the terms he will 
shape the deal to say, okay, we need, um, we can't do this many appearance days a year. We're going to have to cut this down or we want exposure in this, you know, this sector, you know, or Tom's value is worth this. You know, it's, it's hard without an agent to essentially blow your own trumpet and discuss your own value. Mm. You know, it's really, really quite challenging and you really need an agent to step in at that point. Um, base industry standards, 20% that all agents take, you know, that's across the board. That's not just sports. That's not just swimming. That's, you know, agents across the board and, you know, it's investment because they'll get you better deals in the long run, which will earn you more money. Um, and you have to pay for that service. So, um, and it's, it's an incentive, isn't it? For an agent to get, get you a higher value deal. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's been brilliant. I've loved working with Hugo. We've got some great projects in the work. We're really trying to build something really, really exciting leading into Paris. We've yep. got the framework um, in there already. And as soon as the momentum after the Paris Olympics takes off, you know, we're going to be flying, hopefully. You'll be absolutely flying, mate. And I think um, one question that people might ask, and I'm quite interested to know, is there is there like one thing you've done or like an opportunity that come your way that you thought, oh, that, that was neat or like a, a bit of work that you've done, like any speeches or anything that you're like, wow, this is cool. I really, really enjoy doing the public speaking. Um, and it's something I've tried to do as much of since the Olympic Games. Um, people love hearing about the Olympic journey and high performance and overcoming adversity. Uh, I've done talks in uh, conferences. I've done talks for companies, um, finance companies. Uh, you know, they, they tend to really enjoy the competitive side of it the things I've learned from being in that competition arena. So mate, it's, it's really, really an exciting extra thing I get to do in my spare time. Um, resonates really well with people, you know, they love hearing about it and, um, yeah, I'm trying to do as many of those as I can really. So, uh, if anyone's listening who wants to uh, get me involved for a talk, yeah, hit us up. You know what his song. email is. <laughs> if you go about, it's all good. <laughs> Give him a bell. Yeah. Or come down to the ship in Marlow, I'm sure. Yeah. Cause he <laughs> will be, be there. He'll be there. He'll be there. Watch your head in the ship, though. Quite low ceilings. <laughs> um, but no, that, that's wicked. No, thanks for sharing a bit about that. And I think one thing that we can discuss another time, but it's a tricky thing for you having to balance obviously your training and then all this other potential. And I know that we've spoken, I think you might have spoken about it on here, how you have you have to put your decision past a few people for them to get mm. the green light before they actually mm. go ahead. Mm, yeah, you're, you're right. So I'm an athlete. I'm a swimmer first and foremost. Hugo would want me to do um, commercial work, obviously, um, uh, because that gets that's beneficial for us both, um, and it builds good relationships and good deals in the future. Um, but he understands that will compromise my training, and ultimately results speak louder than anything else. Dave is purely performance focused and training, Coach and Dave, that's what that he is. wants. Co sorry, Coach Dave McNulty is purely um, performance-focused training and, and, and as I'd want him to be, and I wouldn't want that any other way. So you're almost getting pulled in two different directions. Um, so what happens when um, something gets presented to us, a deal or an appearance or a talk, whatever it might be, we have a great system whereby I need to give it the green light. Is it something I want to do? Is it something I want to be associated with? Is it something I'm passionate about? Um, you know, and then Hugo needs to give it the green light. Does it fit into our brand image? Is it something that he wants to get behind? Um, is it something he can really push? Is it worth the value? Is it worth my time? And then I need to get the green light from Dave. You know, is it worth missing a training session? Am I able to make the training up session up elsewhere? Is it at a really important part of the season or can we compromise slightly? You know, all these um, factors have to be taken into account to get three green lights to allow me to go and do the talk or appearance or sign a sponsorship deal. And it's been a brilliant system. And uh, Hugo and Dave have worked very closely. And I'm really glad I found that balance between the two.
Yeah, and if it's working, then keep going with it. Bingo. Yeah, I think maybe um, Hugo would be a good guy to get on the podcast or Adrian. Honestly, got some great stories. Obviously, represents a number of other brilliant athletes, uh, Ignite Sport Management across a number of different sports. And uh, local lad, obviously. Local lad. Very local. No, we'll, we will get one at some point. Um, yeah, no, thank you for that. Um, I, th- I think that was pretty cool. And I, it'd be interesting to hear what, what people think because I think, you know, there is that side of sport. Um, that yeah people want to know about and you don't tend to get uh, to hear too much about so maybe we can chat mm. a bit more about it at some point um and finally just wrapping up moving into the the freestyle section of the pod that one's gone quite quickly for me um mm. the isl yes the international swimming league we've not yes. really spoken about this much no um probably for a number of reasons one being that i think i'm right in saying it doesn't actually exist anymore don't think it's not it it i think it still exists okay people are working on it behind the scenes it did not happen this year uh, and there was a lot of controversy around the previous season so that would be autumn winter 2021 Mm. there's still controversy around there because athletes haven't been paid um, for the performances they did out there the isl is an interesting one it really came and tried to revolutionize the sport and had all the right ideas it came with some really exciting momentum to try and change how swimming was viewed and one of the big selling points was we're going to bring in an audience we're going to bring in broadcasters we're going to bring in sponsors and we're going to pay the athletes Mm. you know good prize money you know some people were walking away with six figures you know the top top two three athletes walking away with six figures from a few weeks of training and you know on to the you know to us that's like you know six figures 100 200 grand you know two hundred thousand dollars that's an insane amount of money from one competition but these sorry these competitions went over weeks okay my bad yeah from one series sorry yeah it's one whole season so that was six eight twelve weeks of competing 200 grand but these are the best this is not just the best swimmer at their event these are the best swimmers in this is like caleb dressel you know for example i'm pretty sure he walked away these are the best swimmers in the world you know you look at rugby football cricket golf tennis f1 the list goes on or just business in general if you were the best at your job in any industry a hundred grand isn't gonna be up there with the kind of figures that these people are on um so i think while it does it but for swimmers it's a lot of money you know this is a lot of money these are life-changing sums of money so people jumped at the opportunity to be part of the isl and, and swimmers from all over the globe Jump, you know, wanted to be part of it. Um, but it just wasn't executed very well. You know, yeah. um, there were certain things that weren't communicated correctly. Um, you know, it wasn't run in a very good way. Um, I'm sure COVID didn't help with that. No, because it was quite, it was quite intense for, was it a couple of the meets or like the whole year? Because you guys were, you're pretty much in isolation, weren't you? I lived in a hotel for six weeks in Budapest. And the only time I left my room was to eat a meal three floors below where I was living or to leave the pool to do a two hour swimming competition, leave the hotel to do a two hour swimming competition and come back to my room. And I tell you what, that was the most grueling. I don't know if I can swear on the podcast. I Not can beep good. it out. So no yeah. swear. I'll beep it out. <laughs> <laughs> I, can, I love it I'm that yeah it was not it was not good it was not an enjoyable time um and it's just yeah literally living in isolation yeah and you know i wasn't fit enough to be competing there sort of swimming badly and it was just not a fun time for anyone um yeah it was i so i don't want yeah. to do that again i think yeah i think that is something to be considered and you have mentioned that there may be worth some issues there but i guess the isolation thing isn't fully the isl's fault is it um yeah but i guess from an audience perspective and i remember watching it um it 
you I think you may be able to compare it to sort of cricket in terms of like these big bash, these T20, T10 leagues and um, the 100 in the UK. It's yeah. kind of all fireworks, all light, you know, yeah, in packed out crowds. Um, and the, I think the key thing for this is that it was a team format, wasn't it? And they split it into, was it kind of continents-ish? Yeah, there were like the Tokyo team, the London team, DC, uh, Toronto, but then you could sign swimmers from anywhere in the world. So we had a lot of Australians and Brits. Yeah. And, uh, it was cool. It was exciting. They, they tried to do a draft, like an NFL yeah. draft, but it didn't really work. Um, Did you get picked you out know, early? Or well, I got I got held I got held within London. So London decided London Royal decided to keep me. So I represented London oh. both times. I saw the ISL, nice. but people non swimmers tried to get behind it, and there were like flickers of hope. And yeah. it's just, you know, it, it didn't quite, I think, I think, and you can quote me on this, something will come along and revolutionize it just like Super League Triathlon or yeah. like you said in cricket or live, live golf. I can see a Saudi. Oh, let's get a Netflix series in swimming. Yeah. Drive to let's survive. Do it. Swim to survive. Or, you know, it, it's just. Quite literally. <laughs> literally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can see some Middle Eastern. Uh, well-off person coming and being like right swimming is the sport i want to revolutionize um you know let's, so let's give it a crack and throw some we'll see mate we'll who see knows? who knows just make sure you're around for when that happens big up um but yeah i'd, I'd be interesting to see if isl ever comes back um yeah. so there are a few more issues and i think we can go into that in uh, a lot more detail but i think unless you wanted to say anything else Tom, i think that's pretty much pretty much us for today no i'm pretty happy with that so obviously um I'll be flying out to Australia on Saturday. Yeah, you're uh, off on your holidays again. Yeah, absolutely, mate. A month, a month away. You, no, we've got... you need to make sure you take the this bad boy with you. And when I say this bad boy, I mean this bad boy, the microphone. <laughs> that would be the microphone. Um, I will be taking... We can fund you a second suitcase if that's needed. <laughs> I, I went to check how much it would be to take my golf clubs out, right? Nice. Right, it was 750 quid both ways, oh, as wow. in 750 quid, 750 quid. So we're bad. looking at 1.5 racks, but which I'll not be paying. This will, be paid this will fit in your golf clubs. In my golf clubs, in my in your suitcase. golf bag, in your yes. golf bag, in my golf bag. It will, yeah, no, it will. Um, no, I will be taking my microphone out. So, uh, yes, I look forward to recording some podcasts that, from the other side of the world. That'd be cool. Um, and yeah, we'll, um, it's always a fun challenge. Um, I guess syncing our timetables and mm. catching one another when we've got 30 minutes to an hour free. But the benefit of you being on swim camp is that you're going to be in a place mm. isolated in a way with a lot of quite good swimmers that might have a few things to say. Yes. And we are always keen for guests. We're always keen. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, get in touch. Any guest yeah. suggestions, anyone you can get us in touch with, please do um, let us know. Uh, and we'll be sure to shout you out and get back to you. Yeah, 100%. And um, I think the final thing to say on the back of this episode is make sure you go and get your um, UK lottery scratchies. Yes. Get please. your scratch cards. Get in the lottery. <laughs> <laughs> because it will keep this guy going. Yes. <laughs> Put food on my table and a roof over my head. Good stuff. Um, yeah, have a, have a safe flight because by the time this goes out, um, you'll be out there. Absolutely. No, mate. So, looking forward to it. Thank you very much. Can't wait to join you in um, in sunny Melbourne. Gold Coast. Gold Coast. Gold Coast. Can't wait to join you in the sunny Gold Coast. Thank you, mate. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Perfect. See you then. See you, mate.